Hello, Internet. Uh, welcome to Only Lovers Book Club, where I get together with my pirate wenches and um, we talk about a romance book. We take turns and this month was my turn and I decided to do an unprecedented thing. I chose a book I'd already read before, an old favorite because I wanted you guys to read it and to see also if it stood the test of time. Which it did, and it didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Double-edged sword, revisiting a favorite, and then also revisiting it with friends, and you know, you're just, we'll talk about it. Um, so the name of the book is Cinnamon and Gunpowder by Eli Brown. Um, Drea, or what's your pirate name again? Soy Crossed. Oh yeah, Soy Crossed. Um, Drea Soy Crossed. <laughs> Uh, has a pick uh, has picked it up from the library, so we actually have a. And they have the copy. cool cover because yeah. I saw the other cover, and it's not as nice. Yeah, as that. it's like a it's like a parchment, and there's like spices, and there's a gun, and this one definitely has like way more personality, and you know you could see like at least what they're the artist version of mm -hmm. Mabbit and um, Wedgeworth were. So that's cool. So I'll read the little in the summary here, and then I'll actually read a little bit about the author. So. It says, in Cinnamon and Gunpowder, the prize-winning author Eli Brown serves up the audacious tale of a fiery pirate captain, her reluctant chef, and their adventures aboard a battered vessel, the Flying Rose. As these unlikely shipmates traverse the oceans, intrigue, betrayal, and bloodshed churn the waters. I want to read more, but I feel like that's a good intro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's, it's much longer, but I'm like, that's fine. That's actually cool. Yeah. So, uh. And then as we'll talk about what, what the book is about, too. Uh, and then let me go to Mr. Brown's website. I'm also not going to read this whole thing. Not going to lie. When I saw his picture, like, he looks like a wedge. Oh, like, wedge I believe the it. Character. I believe it. <laughs> I think there's a reason why he didn't write it from Hannah's point of view. Yeah. Okay. I feel like he would want to be put in that position by the lady pirate. Who would not? I, do I want to be Hannah or do I want to be with Hannah? That's the question. Uh, now I don't know what he looks like. Uh, pull him up. Uh, Share your screen. That's a good. Then everyone can see it. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh wait, where'd you go? What happened? I lost. Yeah. Well, don't. Okay. But I didn't do it wrong. I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and read um, the important parts of this. So we read Laura's ridiculous intro. So I'm going to read his as well. Uh, but Laura, I mean, Laura Thalassus. So as a child, Eli Brown's imagination was set ablaze by the mythologies of the world. He was particularly interested in magical objects such as Odysseus's bag of wind, Arjuna's bow, Bilbo's rings, and Jack's beans. And he goes on to talk about his other novels. Brown's culinary pirate novel, Cinnamon and Gunpowder, was a finalist for the California Book Award, San Francisco Public Library, One City, One Book Selection, and NPR Review Staff Pick. I did read. It doesn't say it there, but I thought it was really interesting. He has a cookbook that's like the cookbook of a made-up civilization yeah like he just like invented a whole cuisine that's, it sounded really interesting i, I, I also saw it and i kind of want to i want to pick it up because just to see just like. to see it 
so it says here, in addition to writing, Brown has worked as a groundskeeper, a massage therapist, and most recently a stay-at-home dad. Because he has not yet found an invisibility ring, Brown has contented himself with the mundane magics of gardening and fermentation. Just yesterday, he turned an iffy pint of milk into honey sage yogurt. So he just seems like a pretty, pretty chill, yeah. pretty chill dude, you know, who likes writing like fantasy cookbooks. It just seems so cool. Just kind of walk on a tangent. I saw that stuff about that cookbook too. And it's so cool because I listened to this podcast called Exolore, where like this lady goes into world building stuff. And one of the, and I took her class. It was like a fact, fact-based world building. And, um, you know, about building the world from the ground up and like literally writing a cookbook for a made up civilization. Sounds so cool and right in that alley. Yeah, I think it, I saw it because I went on his Goodreads and someone asked if he was ever going to like go back to that world and write like some sort of a sequel. And he was like, maybe someday I'll do like a prequel on like Mabbit mm -hmm. and how she became pirate. But in the meantime, go check out my cookbook. That's like, <laughs> and he like self promoted. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that actually sounds interesting. Seems pretty, pretty. That prequel. I want to hear how she <laughs> ended up. In yeah, the story situation. Yeah, uh, talking about Ma well, I want to talk about like Hannah later on. But when I read when she kind of like gave details about her life, she reminded me of this one. I saw it in a YouTube video. I can't remember. It's by uh, this YouTuber called Jessica Calgren Fozard, and she does this like feature on like historical hotties or you know historical queer hotties. And there is this one that was, she was an opera singer. She was a swords person. She, she's just crazy cool and died by the age of 30. And she had done so many like super random, crazy, like batshit things. And it sounded just like when I was reading <laughs> Hannah's life story, I was like, well, that sounds, sounds just about right. Um, but anyway, so we'll give our uh, impressions kind of like just kind of what we thought about the book. And, um, and then I have some questions kind of like to dig a little deeper and I guess I'll go first so that you guys can bring my uh, uh, heart crashing to the ground. Uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll just start just because it was my pay again. And I wanna just say like what I liked about it. So I know that I had mentioned in the previous Hangout that I, this was like, I had the one of the first Kindles that had 4G on it. Like you could connect to the internet, to the Kindle store and do nothing else with it. Mm -hmm. um, and this was one of like the featured books. And I know that I saw it and I saw two things that I liked, pirates cooking. And I didn't know the format, but pirates cooking and there was some sort of love story. And I was like, I'm in. And I read it over like a, you know, potential hurricane weekend. And I really enjoyed it and I never forgot it. And it was one of these books that I was always hoping that we would be able to to read with vaginal fantasy that never happened vaginal fantasy kind of like you know isn't the same thing we're doing our own thing and i said maybe it's time maybe it's time so i uh it's like a com this one is a comfort read for me um i know exactly where the story is going but my heart is still like Ugh, when i get there um i know that's not the case for because it is like kind of like reading a diary and it's so slow at points but uh i really enjoyed uh, the structure of it. I really enjoyed, I didn't enjoy Wedge. I don't like him as a main character, but I like the attention to detail 
kind of like given. Um, and I, I really just like thinking about falling in love with a pirate. <laughs> uh, and so all of those things combined make this kind of like a cool, nostalgic, imperfect uh, read. I left my rating as it was because like after doing some reflection and I don't want to say like things are different now or some things are accepted now before they weren't. I think that I'm a different person now. And so I notice things that are like, okay, that's not cool to read. You know, like you, know, you stop your track, you're like, oh, that's not a kind word to use. Um, but ultimately it didn't like stop my enjoyment of it. Um, and I just kind of read it for what it was. So what did you guys think? <laughs> but I can go next since I finished it Yeah, next. And I will start working on your celebratory sangria internet. Um, Give a cheer for Andrea <laughs> for making this delicious sangria. Tashai is afar and is having her <laughs> witch doctor brew, but yeah, thank you so sorry. much. You're not as fancy. I, I had Prosecco and then was like, Pirates don't drink Prosecco. I'm <laughs> I don't think pirates have sangria either, but you know, fuck it. <laughs> it feels it's easier to fake that than to like fake it. It's like after they stopped at that yeah, island yeah, yeah. and got all the fresh fruits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, to me, this was one of those books where the premise of it sounded fantastic and it just, it didn't quite live up to like what I wanted it to be. I thought the idea was really cool. Um, the reason, so I gave it three stars. I really, oh, it's really delicious. <laughs> I really did enjoy it. Um, but the reason I gave it three stars was, yeah, like I love the idea of it, but I didn't, um, yeah, there were just like certain things that I didn't like. Um, and this book isn't that old. So I'm like, eh, you really should have known better <laughs> in terms of the author, um, and how he talked about like other cultures or even people who just didn't agree with like the main character's religion. Um, and then also ultimately, like I wanted to see more of the romance. Like I wasn't super invested in it. I didn't like fully ship it because I don't know, maybe if I had seen more of it, like it seemed being that la noche la mañana, like, like one day he's just like, oh, I guess she's like kind of attractive, but also I'm trying to escape and I hate her. And then all of a sudden he's like, I want to cuddle with her all night. <laughs> like that's how it kind of felt like to me. And because we don't see those scenes of like tenderness, like we don't really see them cuddle or have sex or like have lovey-dovey moments. Then to me, it was like kind of um, not as romantic as I wanted it to be, but I love the idea of it. And I loved um, the idea of like the diary and stuff too. I think it did feel a little long. I, I, and I talked to Chris about this later. I was like, <laughs> in the beginning the dude had like three pages of paper that they had given him and i'm like why are you writing like three pages worth of like your first afternoon you're using up all your paper <laughs> save your paper you don't know when you'll get any more so it's one of those things where i'm like okay you are rationing everything in your life except the paper and i <laughs> don't understand it um but i did enjoy it i really like the idea of the story and i think i'll remember it for a while, like I think this is gonna be one of those books, like if in like four years, you're like, we play another Kahoot about like stories, this would be one that I would remember. It's very memorable. Even if it was only three stars, it'll be more memorable than perhaps other books that I rated higher, mm -hmm. just because of how different the plot line felt. And I did love all the cooking parts too. 
Um, I wish there had been more of them. I wish he had cooked more than just once a week because I really liked seeing what he came up with. But yeah, so I gave it three stars. It was really closer to like 3.5, but like on Goodreads, I, I gave it a three. I'll take memorable. I will, <laughs> I will take memorable. There was yeah, you know my memory's terrible. So if I say this one, I'll, I'll remember. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I there's always a risk, you know, there's always a risk when you like show your people you know, the thing that you like hold dearest, right? Because it's not like a perfect thing. What are they going to think about it? Am I going to think about them differently? Because they don't like the thing that I like, <laughs> the mommy. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's- I'm going to take off this iPad. Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. too tight. <laughs> you, you've done your duty. You've been, I took my picture. You're relieved. <laughs> um, but no, I, I came fully prepared to not defend it, but just, I guess, to talk about it more than mm -hmm. anything. Because I, I didn't want to come and be like, this is the thing that I like and you didn't like it. And so you're wrong. So I'll, I'll, I'll take it. And I, like I said, I'm just going to enjoy the discussion with the help of this delicious. <laughs> I might get a refill later. Tasha, what, what were your thoughts? Ooh. Sorry. I moved the table. <laughs> so definitely, uh, longer than it necessarily needs to be. Um, I was reading it and got to a certain point where I looked and I was only about 30% of the way through the book and was like, what the fucking, like, what <laughs> the hell? Oh my God. Like how long is this? And, and I had to go and check the chapters and start kind of did the mental math of like chapter length versus chapter total. It was like, holy crap. Like this, I, I had to stop reading anything else that I was reading in order to be able to, to finish this in time for book club. Um, so I lost a, a different book that I had on hold, but it's fine. Okay, it's coming. I'm gonna send you my copy. <laughs> I got it's my it's my apology for <laughs> wordiness for sure. Oh, is that the book that's on the table that says <laughs> Fort Chef? Yes. Girl, it's literally I, I, on the table. I saw it. Yeah, I um Amanda's going to do me the favor of sending it at some point this week because she's. I went, I put another hold on it and it's like three months. I was like, fuck. <laughs> you'll, get, you'll, get, you'll go get it. You'll go get it. Thank you. Much obliged. Um, but so I was so I was reading it and uh, same as you guys, I didn't like the protagonist really because he he was just so weak-willed and it took him so long to just give in to the piracy. And I didn't understand why it was taking him so long to be like then Hey, you know, yeah, they're pirates, but they're trying to bring down this like giant, like structure that is uh, bringing opium and like forcing be more like the girls in the horsemen books, and just you know, just like get get in there, just get in there from the start. <laughs> yeah. horsemen, horsemen book girls are like, oh, you're gonna, mm. <laughs> or or mm. like fucking this guy, he's like. Oh, there's so much morality. I don't know. I'm like me, me like I. Ugh. Okay, the pig scenario alone, alone, I would have been like, mm, wow, my boss is a piece of shit. Like these people are terrible. Huh? I don't know that I want this career anymore. And then kidnap by pirates, kill my boss. Oh, whoops. Uh huh. I think I'm good, honestly, to work for you. That's fine. Um. I, my initial reaction, so, okay, so, so there are three parts to my experience of this book. It was, wow, this is really fucking long. And then it was, 
oh wow, I really like these these cooking scenes. Like this is this part's fun. Like the last fourth of the book is just action packed, way more interesting. Like the dialogue is cool. At that point, I know who the characters are, so I care a lot more about like what's happening to them. You get a lot more like little details into the backstories that make it more worthwhile. And then the end of the book that was like, oh my God, what just happened? And and me crying. Like I just burst into tears halfway through my work day. I was chatting Christina like, what the fuck? Like, why didn't you tell me? And I said, well, I didn't want to spoil the book for you. I mean, I was, I was torn the fuck up at work and I knew what was going to happen. Oh, I guess if you haven't read the book, Spoiler territory. We're getting into spoiler territory. Um, I, don't know, I did not shed a single tear. I was like, que se mueran to. <laughs> I mean, it just hits different. Yeah. Well, so the, only, the, only one, the only one I was close to shedding a tear for was the pet rabbit. Oh. <laughs> oh. But. Yeah. That made me sad. I was like, so I think it just caught me so off guard because it reads like it's like it's and I don't even know if it's tech it's not a young adult novel like the, I think because of the the theme of it and the cover illustration I think I anticipated that this was going to be a younger book and it wasn't and there was a lot of like violence and stuff throughout but I don't think I've ever read the like I've read books that have that kind of of, of ending but not in this tone mm -hmm. like the tone of it is this like pirate adventure so just the, the decisions that were made and how it ends 100% caught me off guard. And so at some point, Christina had chatted me, like we were texting about something unrelated and she's like, oh no, like I just got to a really sad part in the book. And I was like, what? <laughs> like I, I figured you were reacting because of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, Christina, like you'll be fine. And then I fucking get to the end of the book and was like very much caught off guard. And was like already having kind of a week, like moody day. My my emotions have been very surface level lately, and so I was just like, no, I got chewed out. I got chewed out for for not getting a warning. I'm like, I didn't know you had to get a warning. Like 40 minutes before a meeting, I'm just like crying, trying to calm myself down. And then yeah, so initially I gave it like, I think my initial reaction was as soon as I finished it, I was like five stars. And then I went back and was like, okay, four stars. Let's not. It was really just the ending portion of this book that that elicited this reaction from me. But overall, I had a fun time reading it. I definitely would have like edited a good chunk of that initial part. And I would have invested more time in learning about like the twins, learning about Mr. Apples. 100% would have wanted to see a lot more of Abbott, just Mabbit, because like main character is just lame like i don't he's simpering he like takes forever to him to for him to get any sort of backbone like i understand the moral philosophy that you know this specific pirate was trying to operate under so to me it's kind of like why are you resisting this like you could be dead but instead you're being given this option to do this and also you know they're not they're not killing innocent people. They're like fighting against pirates that are supporting a system that's been just turning people into drug addicts and like draining money from impoverished communities. You know, to me, I'm like, yeah, okay, fuck them. Like, yeah. yeah, I think I would have because I was, rich, so. I was trying to think of other books where I'm like, 
that, that have had like a similar type of character. And I think usually what happens is I'm more patient with their arc because I like them more. Mm -hmm. Whereas in his case, it's like I didn't particularly like him. So I was just very impatient for him to get to the part where he realized that like, hey, I was actually kind of wrong and now I need to be open to like a new worldview. Mm -hmm. Whereas with other characters, I might have been a bit more like, you know, it's like Zuko, I love you, please get there. Like I, <laughs> you know, and it's like very different. So yeah, I, I think I think he does have a good arc, you know, that, that like kind of happens slowly, gradually over the book. Oh, I, just, I just didn't have patience for it. Yeah, and I, I, I get I get where you guys are coming from. I think that a lot could have been trimmed from like close to two thirds of the way through where he's still, I think between his like escape attempts, I was just like a little bit, I know that that's kind of like a bit of a slog for the book. I think that him taking forever, I mean, given who he is, he is the whitest of the whitest. <laughs> He's, is he British? He's a British guy? Yeah, I mean, this is happening. He grew up in, like, France. Yeah, so he's just, like, the whitest Europeanist, like, idolizing. Elitism. Yeah, and so, you know, I think that, like, being so thrown into, so immediately thrown into a life of violence, like, I think was, like, pretty traumatizing. And I think that, I believe more in him taking forever to get to the point where he kind of like finally got over it. And then I don't think even that it's like that he got over it. I think he just realized he was on the wrong side of history, right? Um, he was still traumatized by the way that like he grew up and then how his employer was killed and a lot of things didn't take, it took forever to click in place. So I think that it would have been less believable if the change had happened like that. I mean, it would have happened like yeah, that for no. me. I don't, I don't think it should have happened faster. I think it's just, yeah. I just didn't like him. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what speed it would have happened. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, I think basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish that we had been in that, like, I do wish that he, we had been in that, like, sweet spot of him finally, you know, like, not being, like, fully given into piracy because he still questions Mavit in a lot of ways. But yeah. he's, like, totally into her. And... You know, there's just like his journal entries become just so much sweeter. And I wish that there had been a little bit more of that, yeah. a bit more of the romance. But again, him being like the staunch Catholic white man, I also am not surprised. But I did, that's my favorite part of the book when he kind of like goes through the things that he learns with Mabbit, where he's like, she has molded me like bread or something. And I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, so. I also like that she made the first move. Like, she. <laughs> it's a lot more kind of like openly teasing him throughout the book very much from the beginning i think she was like yeah they have like me yeah i think she was i think that she was in a point in her life though where not that she was ready to settle down but like she was crazy for so long and she had a taste for the finer things in life like i forgot what it was that got her to kidnap him and it was just her eating that one cherry and i was like oh that's why she takes him and you know she having, you know, her, with her upbringing, she is like a fancy lady, you know? She's a fancy lady pirate. So, you know, but I also think that seeing how stuffy she, he was, he was kind of like a challenge for her. And mm -hmm. also he's like the most like steady lover that she could have <laughs> overseas. Yeah. yeah. 
She's like giving him shit. I also, I don't know why, like, I know what the cover of the book looked like, but I was reading, as I was reading, I kept picturing him looking like, like Linus, right? Was that his name from? from yeah. yeah. I, I kept picturing him as like this pudgy chef dude. I didn't see any, I had the cover and I still was not picturing him like how he was in the cover. At all. Cause he, he just seemed like this kind of like smushy little. <laughs> yeah. Just like, like. Oh, why would you kidnap me? Like little, just little, little chunk that you could just stab because he's so fat. Yeah. Like, I, just, yeah, I just really wish we had seen the. I wish I had had a scene where I was like <gasps> with him and the pirate. And instead, the only scene I had where I went <gasps> was when he walked into that room where he thought there was going to be a mutinous meeting <laughs> and it was all the players having sex with each other because I was just as surprised as him. So I was like, <gasps> Seattle's. I had to reread that like three times. I got to that point and I was like, wait a minute, what? what? And I went back and I'm like, what is the part of the whole book? And he says, oh, and there is this type of knot and there is that type of knot. And I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud. It was. Um, and then he's like, I, perdón, I, I'm actually, I'm really tired. Bye. <laughs> he's like, I mean, what? It has its moments. I think it has its moments. There's a lot of like little little things here and there. Um, I also I will say I was also uh, obviously he's not getting produce every time he's supposed to cook, and I was trying to keep track of how he was getting his ingredients. So like trading for fish and trading for mollusks and like all that kind of stuff. But there were some like staple items that I like. He always had onions. He always had like, you know, certain things where like, I can't keep an onion good in my refrigerator <laughs> past a certain amount of time. So I knew his little, like, I loved his little yeast bag thing that he carried around. Me. It was like, I don't, I don't know that I believed it, but I liked the idea of it. And I wanted to believe well, it. Well, I am, um, I, I think I, I had mentioned to you, I looked on Goodreads. If you look on Goodreads, there's a little Q and A for the author. And in it, he talked a little bit about, you know, did you have to, someone asked um, Eli Brown, do, do you have to study a lot about food chemistry in order to write about the delicious and creative meals, Wedgwood devices in cinnamon and gunpowder? Did you try to make any of the meals you describe in the book yourself? And uh, his answer is, I studied very old cookbooks and early culinary writings, such as Brillat Savaron's work, I explored modern cooking trends and I relied on my own experience and experiments in the kitchen. I wouldn't call it chemistry though. The science behind the processes such as rising dough is fascinating. My focus was on the experimental effect primarily. It's tricky to disturb smells, for example. So much of my time was spent on getting the sensations right though. Based on real methods, most of the meals were untested. We polished one of Wedge's desserts and it was published by Bon Appetit magazine. Then there's a link below. For well-tested recipes with a fanciful twist, you might look at my most recent, oh, that's it, my most recent culinary cultural experiment, The Feasts of Trimang. Uh, oh, thanks for reading, Andrea. What? <laughs> I guess uh, the person who wrote their name was Andrea. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's probably, it's probably Andrea. It's weird. Yes. Anyway, so, so I don't know. Uh, do you guys want to get into the questions really quick? Yeah. Okay. So uh, the first one is the big one. Uh, so I read this years ago, but not like that many years ago. And a slur, the slurs that are mentioned in this book, like, I don't know, didn't really jump out at me. Um, and so 
now that I'm reading it, I'm like, mm, like he says certain things, which I don't think are historically inaccurate, but it's still like really jarring to read now that, you know, like we're all woke and shit. And um, so did it affect your reading or enjoyment of it? And yes. did you have any, <laughs> I'm not done with the question. <laughs> um, and then did you have any thoughts on like piracy and slavery and imperialism? Because I guess I'll, I'll go, I'll go ahead and say my piece where it's like, I did not enjoy <laughs> the parts where he's, you know, talking about anybody who isn't white. Um, I was grateful to the author that it wasn't like a recurring theme. Like I did a find and I was like, how many times is the word oriental said? It's only once. And so I'm like, okay, phew. you know what I mean? Like, um, I like that there were like, he's clearly racist <laughs> and like misogynist, but it's not something like that it, you know, that he's just kind of like hammering down and he's kind of like really rigid about it, you know, being a conservative. Um, so I, while it wasn't like cool to read, um, I didn't, I was like, okay, since it wasn't like, I read this book recently. Oh, it's from this, this, oh man, what the heck is it called? The, the Dragon Republic and the first one, The Poppy Wars. And in that book, they say that, oh, you're from a poor province and your skin is so dark and you're from a poor province and your skin is so dark. And there's so much racism and colorism in that book. And it's for historical accuracy, you know, I feel. Um, and it pisses me off when that happens because I feel like, okay, but in your fantasy world, we don't have to have this. Like there's definitely does not have to be colorism in your fantasy world. Um, and so it bugs me when it happens in fantasy ones. I don't think that this is a fantasy book. I like the mention of it because it's accurate, but I also liked that it was like dropped almost immediately. Like it doesn't continue recurring and homophobia as well because of the other pirates that are on there. Um, I want to like love pirates so much, but I remember watching a video about like how pirates were implicit in the slave trade. And so that's like <laughs> puts a damper on my romantic feelings on piracy. And um, so all of that, it's kind of like I'm reading things and I'm kind of, want everything to be like rose-colored glasses this is fine it's just pirates having adventures but no, no there are murderers and slavers and you know the author goes out of his way to make us realize that like Mabbit isn't one of those pirates but you know she's still a pirate you know so yeah that's that's my piece on it uh i have no i have no defense i'm just saying that that's what made me kind of like okay i'm gonna not die on this hill yeah i had i had a similar reaction um and i think I was a little bit more willing to forgive stuff like that because I get like the historical whatever and like people weren't having as many conversations about like the most PC words to use when referring to people and like as they are like now in 2021 like I didn't like them but it like didn't bother me as much as the way he talked about disabled people because you can't make a disabled person one of the like main members of the cast of this book mm -hmm. and have him play like such a big role and then just like talk shit about him for being deaf like constantly and like be so surprised that he's not so stupid as you thought and like call him a dog and like all these things like that bothered me more because i was like okay you're legit making this one of like the, like one of the pirates whose names we know, one of the pirates who like continuously appears throughout the whole story. Mm -hmm. And so that bothered me more than the comments that were like in passing about, you know, kind of 
the world mm -hmm. as opposed to like here's a character like we're supposed to like their relationship we're supposed to like root for them to learn from one another and i was just like you don't deserve him no 100%. <laughs> i was like he should not have taken you back to his home and like let you like run in with him like what no you do not deserve this yeah and even even now like sorry to cut in but like people will like balk at saying like a racial slur but they won't think twice about describing someone as deaf and dumb they yeah. Well, and you know, it's one of the things that my sister is kind of like really hyper aware of and is helping me like with my ableist language. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, just this is also an add on, but I also think that the author, not only that, and this I think is just part of the author's view too, but he made it seem like ASL was so easy to learn and so simple that like after him teaching Wedge a few signs, Wedge is able to just like completely communicate with him and like do all these things. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. It's like a full language and it's not that like, so that kind of went along with it too. Like I was annoyed at how easy he made it out to be like, oh, it's just about like, you learn a couple signs so and you're good to know, yeah. So anyway, that whole thing was like my biggest pet peeve i guess yeah. out of the peeves it's a good it's a good peeve <laughs> valid and good peeve bad witch <laughs> ow um <laughs> hit me in the face um so i think a lot of the the language i think it's annoying to and it's frustrating to read because we as a trio are like the othered in this world like we are women of color and we are part of the queer community and so it's hard to justify and be okay reading this perspective because it's a terrible perspective it's a privileged perspective like even even though he worked under this man and like had a hard life like he was still a white cisgendered able-bodied man and so it's it's hard to to give him a pass of like oh well this is the time that he's living in because clearly even pirates who are murderous and who are thieving are okay with gay gay men existing and having a woman as a captain and having Joshua yeah mm -hmm. okay and having Joshua work on this boat like like there was so much more acceptance in this in this ship that is supposed to be considered this like morally debased group of like semi-humans and so to have someone who's supposed to be this like cultured educated person just be so ignorant in so many ways it's frustrating and so i think it's interesting to see the journey of a uh, removal of otherness in you know once he gets to know the history behind the twins like you said the word oriental isn't thrown around repeatedly um his perspective of like mabid and all that stuff shifts it's interesting to see it happening and it's nice to see it happening but it's also just frustrating because people shouldn't have to earn your uh, perception of them as as human humans as just people deserving of, of being treated well. Um, the fact that he was so easily dismissive of the talents that 
Joshua had and 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 the how he helped him, how he supported him. Mm -hmm. I definitely like if if in this if in this time frame he's never spoken or met someone who is deaf and doesn't have the exposure and stuff as an initial reaction to it it would have made sense to a degree but after interacting with him and working with him and developing a relationship with him the fact that he still continued to refer to him in this derogatory sense where that language stopped happening with other people that was frustrating mm -hmm. because at that point it's it's just if if he became a person to you why do you still talk to them that way you know someone who's like earned your respect quote unquote and like provided you with a service mm -hmm. and you see that they're capable of all this stuff how is it so easy for you to be okay with a, a lady who's in charge and immediately respect her? Like, is it because you want to have sex with her? Like, is it because now she can provide you with a service? And so now it's easier to, to be okay with that. And like the twins are saving your life. You know, it, it, I, I don't know what his like caste system is for people who do and don't deserve. I think that it's just that Wedge be believes that he is racially and morally spiritually superior it takes him forever to like and even when someone like he, that he detests when he says oh joshua can help me in the kitchen abbott says abbott says to him even a dog can learn and he thinks that he's that she's talking about joshua and he's like don't call him a dog and then she's like i'm talking about you exactly and so everyone i think that everyone is just kind of waiting for him, even like us, the readers, but like in the book, everyone is just waiting for him to just come off of this pedestal and be brought down to like. And he honestly, he doesn't like, I mean, he, he, he grows more accepting, but like he still thinks all these people are going to hell because they're not Catholic. Yeah. Like even to the very end, you know what I mean? He He's like, man, they're, they're like saving my life. It's a shame they're going to hell. You know? Like, yeah. like, like he still says stuff like that. Yeah, so. and and even even his own kind of acceptance is like, if God meant to spare me, I think he would have done it by now. I don't know if they're, I don't know. Maybe this is something that God like really. Excuse me. Oops, some is getting to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is like something that like God meant for me to survive or like whatever. Fucking God has abandoned me. So what the fuck do I care if two guys are boning? Like you know, he's just like, yeah. I've clearly been abandoned by God. So why do I care? Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's 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 tough to be in, in Wedge's point of view because there's so much like richness around him that I, he doesn't appreciate. He, he doesn't see, and he has so much time. He always has so much time there, and it, and I, part of me gets it. But I get what you're saying, Tosh. That it's like, like I, I can see I these people it, are great, but like I don't want to read it. Yeah, exactly. It. I I think if if you boil it down, if you get to like the the root the root of it is like. I have never had the experience of living in that perspective of mm -hmm. like, I can get anything that I want. I have everything that I want. I am superior to everybody. Like this is a perspective that none of us have ever had and we're never gonna have, at least in our lifetimes until the asteroid comes and takes all of us out or we all become just like beautiful, queer, brown, like wonderful, loving, everyone's good because the iceberg melted and a bunch of, you know, it, it's gonna be a big, 
something big's gonna happen to get to the point where everyone is ever on an equal playing field, both in their lived experiences and in their perspectives. And so it just, it's like, it, it it's upsetting to, to be in those shoes and be reading the story from that point of view because we see all of the flaws that are there and there's nothing more uncomfortable and irritating than being in the shoes of an ignorant, privileged white dude. Cause it's like, wow, you really don't get just like, like you don't get it. You really don't see it. Like being in that, in those shoes, it's like, how are you not understanding this? Like, how are you not, how are you saying these things? How are you seeing these things? How are you behaving like this? And back in high school, I um, did, used to do homework for my classmates for money. And one of those assignments was to read um, this book by Avi, I think it was. It was one of these like small, like bendy scholastic books. It was The Misadventures of Charlotte Doyle. Uh, I don't and remember that title. I, re I feel like I read that book. And it's this girl who is, gets put on a ship and she has like a guardian or whatever. And she has to kind of like traverse the ocean and there's a mutiny on board. And the ship is like, they're basically become pirates. And she becomes a little pirate too. And it's it's cute. She has a faster turnaround <laughs> than Wedge does in, um, in the book. Uh, anyway, she ends up coming back to, she ends up making, after like this, this whole thing that happens, there's like a, a, you know, a John Silver type situation. And, you know, when she arrives at her house, finally, you know, she's like dressed in proper clothing, uh, quotation marks. Um, her parents are like, oh my God, like, wow, you're like really brown. Oh, we have to, you know, and they're all like, wow, you talk different. You're like, and she's like, this is and internally, she's like, this is the happiest I have ever been. And in the middle of the night, spoilers, if you guys were thinking about ever reading that, middle grade book she leaves she fucking runs away she's like i'm gonna stay here she's like I i'm gonna go back and then the crew is like yay <laughs> you're back they're grown ass men too she's like 12 <laughs> you know? um they had like a little cot for her and everything they like respected her it was like being sano i just really enjoyed that book um and she becomes a little fucking pirate i imagine she becomes like little Anne bonnie or whatever the fuck the the lady pirates are um well, 16 and that's gonna be a different story <laughs> mm -hmm. Look, that different. um but but yeah she becomes like a cool cool you know she becomes captain at 16 that's what happens and she's running the show um but yeah it's i get it's tough thank you for coming on the journey with me i know that it wasn't <laughs> easy i'm glad that it was memorable and some parts were enjoyable like that not orgy um so uh do, are you guys ready to move on to uh, something else side note i was really relieved that nobody was fucking the sheep <laughs> I, oh was, that also that, I was like, oh my gosh, please. I, I don't mean, want to read about no, it. Was, I think it was, <laughs> was, as soon as that was what he was assuming was happening, I was like, it's going to be something else. Because yeah. like, you never write about anything. He what literally everything. I, know, but I, was just like, I mean, which is still sad because obviously he killed the sheep. But I was like, <gasps> in my mind, she was just sheared. That's it. Just gentle yeah. hand cheering. <laughs> okay, gentle so hand cheering. Yeah, so my next question is, hmm, well, it's gonna be a long hangout, but um, yes, very long. Maybe I can skip a few. Um, okay, what did you think of Hannah's quest to find her son? I was looking at some reviews online and some people were like, that's stupid. 
great. And I'm like, okay, that's I think that's great. I think that it gave her more of a, I don't know. I think it gave her, I have never heard of a pirate. I mean, that's not true. All of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are about like finding your dad. You know what I mean? Um, I like that she was also trying to find like a family member. And I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was like weirdly interesting how like when they talk about Hannah and the Red Fox and LaRoche and the fuck is that other guy's name? The, I want to say Commodore Norrington, but that's not <laughs> Ramsey. Ramsey, thank you. <laughs> uh, they talk about that and and how like Ramsey was kind of like playing LaRoche and Hannah off of each other and kind of like eliciting this cycle of violence. Um, and I just thought that was interesting. I thought that was like, oh, okay. It doesn't seem as petty as I'm off to get this treasure by any means necessary. Uh, you know, it, it seems more interesting to me. And that, that they kind of like wanted to blow the whole ship, blow the whole tea company up as well. Um, but her personal kind of like her little side, her personal quest, I think was to find her her son, um, but also keep it under wraps from recruit. So what did you guys think about that? I wanted to see more of the son. I thought he was such like a loose cannon. Like I wanted to see more of him. I think he would have been a really fun character to see more of because he was just like, fuck you for doing this to me and fuck you for doing this. And now I don't give a shit. I'm gonna get high and blow everyone up. You know, <laughs> like, like he was just, so I just wanted to see more of him i did think it was believable that people do a lot of things out of guilt like people do guilt is a very powerful thing so to me it was very believable that she would feel this guilt out of a not being like the mom she wanted to be and b for like creating what she perceived to be like a monster who was like gonna undo her life's work to like for his own gain. For his own gain. Like here she is like trying to better the world and he was like actively trying to make it more of a corrupt free for all or whatever in her perspective. So I, it made sense to me that she would be trying to find him. And it made sense to me that she wouldn't tell anyone that that's why she was trying to find him. I just wish we had seen more of him because he sounded like a really fun character. <laughs> Yeah, they're like really dangerous. Like, yeah, you want to be in the same room with him, but then like you're immediately like, what's yeah. gonna happen to yeah. me? Yeah, exactly. What do you think, Tash? Um, for the brief moments that we were exposed to him, I was like, he can get it because he's yeah. crazy. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, chaotic neutral. I get it. This makes sense. Um, yeah, I definitely would have wanted to. To I could have used a lot less of like the first chunk of this book and a lot more of like figuring out like the fox's history and, and getting more of that experience. Um, I, I do agree that like, it makes sense that she would be chasing him down to try to figure out how she can help fix what's going on. Just because like the, the like mom energy of like, like I, it makes sense to me that she'd be like, you know, like I'll end you before I let somebody else end you. Like I made you, I'll take you out. That kind of, that kind of perspective. Um, and it makes sense why she wouldn't tell anybody because like, it's hard enough already being a woman and then like forcing these men to chase down the Fox because 
not just, not because he's doing X, Y, or Z, but because he's her son. Like nobody would have bought that. Nobody would have supported also, that. Like the chisme de que oh he's like you had an affair with Ramsey. What you yeah. know? What I mean? yeah. And then like, instead of her being like this person who took out this like evil company overlord, it would be like she's just killing her ex. Yeah, you know what Jill I mean? Yeah. Like, I love her. Yeah, women are crazy. Like exactly. <laughs> so 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 it makes sense to me. I wish that if. I wish that there had been more focus on that as like the main motivator because I feel like um, LaRoche got more attention. I feel like Ramsey got more attention. Like mm-hmm. of all the things that are pushing her to do things, it's it's her son. Like it ultimately it's trying to save her son. And I think that a lot of attention was placed on all these other men who were second tier. Like they were casualties of this goal like the goal was to save her son LaRoche happened to have gotten pulled into it Ramsey happened to be there because he you know was the dad which again how did that happen like I would like to get you know Mm -hmm. figure that out um like I'm not mad at it as being part of the story I just I wish that if it because it's part of the story I wish there was a lot more of that lending um depth to her I think she could have had like more conversations with Wedge about it because if anyone's gonna understand, like I have to save my son's soul before he descends into like dark chaos, it would have been Wedge. He would have yeah. been like, yes, here for saving the soul and like turning him yeah. to the right path. Right, but they don't even. He doesn't even tell. Oh, wait, he's not baptized. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta go. Yeah. No, I think that she doesn't even get to tell him about. He doesn't get to tell her about his wife and child until she's like at death's door. And he's like, I yeah. understand what you're going through. I'm here for you. And she's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, cool. Uh, I thought that, and I mean, I wish that also there had been a little bit more uh, Red Fox. I remember reading and being like, oh, that's how that ends. You know, like I was just like, oh shit. My outfit's just gonna slowly like- It's just slowly uh-huh. come to- it's So okay. this is a clip on. How did we used to wear these for fun? They hurt. I thought, <laughs> I'm surprised you kept it on this long, but I also am not surprised because it's fake and I didn't want you to have to like put it in your ears and get an allergic reaction. So proud of you for keeping it on that long. I mean, well, it's going to be a little striptease. Bandana's going to come off. Shirt's going to come off. No, not the shirt. It's a private channel. <laughs> <laughs> getting rid of the things that are going to weigh her down when she jumps yeah. over <laughs> But none of these are like <sighs> precious, you know, like shit I got for her actually. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on. Uh, I guess the question about romance. What'd you think about the romance? I already know you said came out of left field. Um, and then the, my main question, I guess, is do you think that these two, Mad Hannah Mabbitt and Owen Wedgwood, could have ever had a happily ever after? No. I think. No, <laughs> I, I agree. No, I think that this is a phase for both of them. I think that it's like sad that um, he didn't like get a happy ending, but also like whatever. I don't feel like he deserved her anyway. Um, and I was satisfied with his ending. I felt like, yeah, I felt like they would have broken up no matter what. Um, but I, I definitely, even if it came out of left field, was so, because this is what I was feeling the whole time. So I was like, oh my God, how could you not like, not like fucking love her? And then when he's finally like, oh God, you know, like he starts crushing on her. You, you can tell because he starts like describing her a lot more. He's like, oh, she's like a little bit, you know, she's a little filled out. Like she got a little ring on her neck. Like I did that. I did that. And you know, I was like, ooh, I knew it was coming. And then 
you know, when she has like this terrible experience and um, like they had been flirting, but then ultimately it's when she's at death's door. He's like, ah, okay, like I like you, but like now I like love you, you know? And I felt like it made sense because of his his Stockholm syndrome as well, because he is her he is her kidnappee, you know. Um, kidnap, you know, people who are kidnapped sometimes develop uh, strong feelings. And I'll just say, uh, I put romance or Stockholm. Do I care less because it's a man being kidnapped? Yes, I absolutely care less. <laughs> I absolutely care less. One hundred percent bias. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about his feelings. But I did enjoy the passages where he like talks about her. And like the freckles on her body, and then ultimately when they when they finally start doing it, that he goes over that list of like things that he has learned. That um, and then he says he says a prayer of forgiveness to his first wife because he's like, I don't know how you could have been having fun having sex with me because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> but Hannah, like Hannah had taught him basically better, and like had netted him or kneaded him into a fine dough. And I was like, I was just like excited because it wasn't, it was a fade to black. I don't think that we would have ever gotten like the description of what her titties look like from this chaste white man. But um, that list was probably the most like explicit he was ever going to get. And I was living for it. I wrote to Deshaya and I'm like, oh, finally in the part of the book. And I'm in heaven. I'm so happy. And then of course there's like, immediately like crash into sadness right after so yeah romance thoughts and do you think they could have had a happily ever after and etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean i already talked about it so but summary no i did not ship them i did not like them together i think they would have broken up mm -hmm. and not, fe not feeling the romance mm -hmm. nope yeah i don't think he deserved her at all um <laughs> i think it was a a, a relationship of convenience we've all been there where you know you kind of look around and you think to yourself what is the least painful situation i could get myself in currently and you kind of do the mental math of like what is the what is the most i can accept with regards to like disappointment like how disappointed am i am i okay in like accepting what's happening so we've all we've all you know made mm -hmm. questionable choices um i think that if had it not ended the way it ended he would have ended up living in a small fishing town doing his own thing she would have gone off and like continued her adventures um he would have taught uh joshua how to how to cook to his level, and then he, Joshua would have stayed on the boat, maybe, for a little while longer, um, until they taught someone else. Huh? I like that Joshua got the happiest ending. Yeah, I love that he got the family. family. I, was, I was like, that made me really emotional. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like, I was more invested in the Feng Asher romance, which we don't even know about until it's like basically over. Like I was more invested in yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That also, that fucked me up. When they're like, when uh, Apples is like, he he died when Feng died. Like that's his ghost getting us an opening. I'm like, <laughs> I was fucking you can still man. get him. Like I was very much like mad. I was like, you can still get him on. And when she falls in the water, I was like, just, there's a net. Y'all can get her. Uh, oh, no, nah, those 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 specific situations got me in my heart. But as far as the romance is concerned, I'm kind of like, I think she 
was was lulled by a, a delicious meal and a soft demeanor mm -hmm. and like full set of teeth. And he, obviously she's hot as fuck, super cool, like smart, learned, has good taste. So he's like, oh cool. Like I never, never would have bagged someone like this on dry land. So like blessings. Um, I do not think they would have ended up together. I feel like she would have like ridden off into the sunset with her kid and like maybe his girlfriend leaves him for mom. Who can say? Like <laughs> um, giving me mad bisexual vibes. Hundred percent. When she when she and the girlfriend are talking, I was like, she's like so you put the poison into his head it's okay baby girl and i'm like what's happening here he's like you but, look so like him i'm like yeah you look just like you just you look just like him um actually it's the other way around Ooh. light glistens off of her cleavage like I couldn't say that but yeah i mean i was fine with the romance i'm i was more honestly I was more gutted by just her not being there mm -hmm. for the resolution of the story. Yeah. Which would have been nice. Yeah. I fucking, I 1000% was shipping it. I knew that like it was going to happen. So when it was happening, I was like, Ee! went out like a fucking champ though. Went huh? out like a champ. Yeah, yeah. She like Harry Pottered his ass where she's like, I'm, uh, gotcha! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely shipped it. I like the idea that she was like turning him into a little sex pretzel, and I wasn't here for it. I love that, you know, but that's okay. You can have different likes. I definitely shipped it. I'm okay with them not ending up together, but in the in the heat, of the, I was there with them. I was in the heat of the moment with them. So my last question. I hope you guys prepared. If you were in this similar situation, what meal would you cook for Mabbit to impress her slash convince her not to kill you? And then obviously you can veganize it to your liking. History, there's no restriction here. What would What is the meal? Other than the ingredients. Other than the ingredients. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, let's say like... Whatever. Just use. No, I don't. I stayed faithful to the ingredients. Okay. You can stay faithful to the ingredients, but that is not the prompt. The prompt is you can not stay faithful. But if you want to make that an extra challenge, then I'll give you extra credit. I will. Okay. Um, and so, so yeah. What is the meal that you would cook to impress or convince her? Did you guys like think about it? Did you come up with an idea? Yes. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Using only ingredients that he has specifically mentioned in the book. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, this is after he met with the Japanese people who gave him the miso and the soy sauce. So I would make a miso broth um, with some fresh seaweed in it. And I would take the hominy that he had made and throw it in there too for some texture because hominy is amazing. And then I would make sorullitos, the like boat version, you know, with his like weird pulverized corn or whatever he did to that corn. Mm -hmm. I'd make sorullitos, but like in a way that were like easy to dip, you know, so like fatter, more like, you know. And um, yeah, that's it. So fresh miso, hominy, seaweed, soup, 
with dippable sorullitos. Ooh, I need the fuck out of that. Um, I wanted they they had, he had like once he she gave him the box of spices. I was like, I'm making chili, and that's what that's what I was like thinking. I'm like, he could have done like if they had like a lot of dried goods on the boat, like beans, and you can actually like. I'm gonna say that they had beans. <laughs> I'm gonna say that they had beans. Um, he found some beans or whatever, and made some chili with some of that like cornbread situation, whatever. Also, I this knew I. Like cornbread. I mean, whatever. Um, I knew that she loved him because she built him a fucking kitchen in that ship. Hello, you don't build someone a kitchen if you don't like them. I'm that just saying. I've been like, you got me an oven carve her name into my forearm <laughs> i was like that when rub she went some, in, rub some soot into it she was like drunk as hell and she's like oh you know because she knew she could trust him with it and then she built him a kitchen and she was a goner i knew it anyway so yeah i would do some sort of chili and i'd be like oh there's just so much chili i guess we'll have to give some to the crew and then we give some to the crew and they're like oh yum please don't kill the beautiful stowaway was it and, tomato chili yeah yeah Sure. I said that you have points taken off for cheating. I I came up with the prompt. Who the fuck? <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> I came up with a prompt. I said I said his uh, history and time period is no obstacle, and you decided to make it for yourself. I'm making it chilly magically. Uh, I I'm making it. It could have been a scene out of the book. <laughs> well, good for you. But I'm making it a chilly. <laughs> anyway, now that we're done fighting. Do you know what you might want to make for Mabbit? Uh, I read enough of the ingredients to know that I could have figured out a way to make a slow stewed sancocho for that crew. So yes, that would have, you have the grains. You have the root vegetables. He definitely mentioned plantains. There was um, yes. poultry at some point. There were you know enough carrots and onions and spices. And like making a pit stop at the market to get like enough stuff to make to make my own sofrito. Like I would have made I would have made sancocho and I would have found a way to get the right kind of plantains that I could fry to make little smash it up, make little little tiny bowls out of the platano and then put the sancocho in it so you can sip it and then eat it. Like a mofongo, like make a mofongo. Wait, can I change that? like those like those a sancocho bowl? So it would have been like it would have been like a like a bread bowl. Like my bookstore event where we where we had the food cater and he made the little like mm. plantain like he um the guy who made our food he made like the tostito scoops but yeah. I don't know, like, like fried plantain kind of thing. I would have made little plantain bowls <laughs> that I then fill with some sancocho and then she and I would have like a bigger serving obviously and then. I'm down to share the rest with the crew because it's not going to last long and everyone gets their own kind of little platano bowl that they can sip so they don't need spoons or forks. They can have it with one arm while they're holding onto the ropes <laughs> and then eat the bowl when they're done. Yeah. That sounds, those all sound delicious. I accept your offerings. <laughs> you live, a, you live another, you live to cook another week. Nah. I would have gotten tossed overboard if I was like, I'm not cooking you meat. She would have been like, okay, bye. I'm going to find another cook. Yeah, but he would have <laughs> like, he didn't care. No, but I'm just saying I would have gotten tossed overboard. I would have definitely tossed you overboard. Yeah. Like, eh. Okay, I've had enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> so 
okay. I'm aware I would die in all of these situations. I'm just like, I'm taking the rabbit with me and I'm swimming <laughs> on the shore. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So uh, that's the end of my questions. Uh, thanks for coming on this piratic, oh, nautical journey. <laughs> thanks for coming on this nautical yeah, journey thanks. with me. Um, if you've made it this far, thanks. If you ended up picking up this book and had thoughts about it, uh, leave them in the comments. We got a bunch of comments. We had several comments on the, what was the book before this one? The Horseman? Yeah. But, oh. Famine. Yeah, so I was like, which horseman was it? Uh, we got a lot. We got a few comments on the famine one about what we talked about, and that's always cool to see. So yeah, um, make sure to like, subscribe, all the good stuff, and uh, we'll see you next month for our March book club, which is gonna have a little Latin dancing flavor to it. But until then, we'll say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us. You can support Only Lovers Book Club by dropping some change in our tip jar and buying some books with our bookshop link. You can find us on Instagram at Only Lovers Book Club and from there find our individual accounts and projects. Feel free to favorite or rate us if that's an option for you, but always make sure to like and subscribe and turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode.